Welcome to the Snowco Young Dems podcast. My name is Lewis Harris. I'm the chair of the Snowbush County Young Democrats. We have here also co-hosting is co-chair Kevin Fan. <laughs> and then we have our special guest today, Mr. Scott McMullen, who is running for the 10th Legislative District. Yes. And his campaign manager, Rod. Do you two want to say hi? Hello. Hi there. Great. So we want to give the voters an opportunity to know more about you, Scott. For full disclosure for the listeners, Scott McMullen was endorsed by the Snohomish County Young Democrats and also the Young Democrats of Washington, too, right? Yeah, as well as Skagit. Skagit Young Dems, too. Yeah. And Skagit. Perfect. Yeah. We just want to make sure that voters know about Scott and his campaign up in the tent. How is the campaign going right now, Scott? It's going really good. We've hit a lot of doors in... A big focus for us is, is Oak Harbor. Um, we won the primary, however, we lost Oak Harbor and Snohomish County. So that's where we have to improve. Um, in the primary, we won, we won Skagit and Island County, but just lost the city of Oak Harbor itself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Snohomish County. So, um, We've got an office now over in Oak Harbor. It's shared with the person running for seat two, Dave Paul, okay. and uh, Janet Sinclair. She's running for Island County Commissioner. So we share an office in uh, downtown Oak Harbor, and we have uh, some volunteers that uh, man that during the week for us. And then we're usually there on the weekends operating out of there to go do get our turfs and go doorbelling um this last sunday saturday and sunday we were down in uh, south whidbey and uh, so it's uh, it's going really good so what was the takeaway from the primaries obviously you have some areas of focus how, how much did you win by or did you win i think the- it was it was around, was it five, 528 or something like that? Yeah, yeah, around 500 votes or so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, difference between you and your opponent. Yeah. Yeah, granted, that was the final count. Like, when uh, when the campaign, of course, started doing its victory celebration, we were substantially ahead, so. Really? Okay. Yeah. So that, that kind of piques some concern then? Well, still a lot of hard work to do. Uh, Oak Harbor is well all of the tent has traditionally been a red district and uh, very conservative uh, in the past although we think it's moved to more or less a purple district that oak harbor itself is still pretty conservative a lot of retired military and uh, a lot of still on active duty and we tend to be on the conservative side side but i was in the military also so i'm getting some good conversation with them and they're taking my literature so that's uh, good it's uh it's going good we're just uh focusing on doing better in oak harbor and then we're going to be uh well we're gonna need some help (laughs) in snohomish county uh in in doorbelling so really like to to pick up do better in Snohomish than we did. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. I had, didn't do a lot of doorbelling in Snohomish before the primary. So, so um, which cities in Snohomish particularly? 
So we have Stanwood. Goes down to Northwest Marysville, Warren okay. Beach, mm-hmm. parts of Arlington on the east side of I-5 in Snohomish. I don't know. It's just unincorporated. Mm. It's, it goes over there a ways and then over to Highway 9. So it's that area is tough to cover because yeah. you got these long driveways and, and you got a lot of signs that uh, looks like people don't don't really want you coming down their driveway. Right. You know, so then no trespassing. We have a shotgun. That yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we know those signs. <laughs> uh, tough, tough to uh, the doorbell, but we've been taking a shot at it, and uh, we're gonna keep on every day doing something for the campaign. Rather be doorbelling every day, but I still gotta take call time. I gotta call, try to raise money. Not my favorite part, but I'd rather be doorbelling. But it's it's an important mm-hmm. uh, part. Uh, my opponent, her, she gets a lot of money from large corporations and Boeing and CenturyLink and uh, a lot of high dollar donors. My has come mostly from unions and from the House Democratic Caucus. What do you think that says about your race? The money always says a lot of things. What, what do you think it says to you? Well, I'd rather go with less and than have those type of contributions. Mm. Um, the uh, NRA and all that, I, I, I wouldn't take that money. So it just means more grassroots. Mm. It just means you've got to hit more doors. I didn't have any mailers in the uh, primary. Mm. My opponent did. She had a mailer that came out the same day as the ballots. Oh, okay. We are going to have a couple of mailers that are going to go out. We're trying to raise money to hire a full-time field organizer. We have somebody in mind, and we're going to bring that up Friday. We have a fundraiser at the home of Richard Brocksmith, who is a Mount Vernon City Councilman. And so he's hosting it with Iris Carreras, who she is the first Latina council member ever elected to the Mount Vernon City Council. Oh, okay. I was there involved a little bit in her campaign, and I, I was there for swearing in, and was, was glad to see that. And then Representative Jeff Morris, and actually uh, going to have Speaker Chop is going to be there. That's great. Spencer is the chair of the Young Democrats up there. I wonder, have you talked to him at all? Or? We talked to him. They had a, a spaghetti feed like right. a month, a month and a half ago. We went to. Oh, okay. And so I talked to him. That's I think that's on Rod's list to uh, yeah. get a hold of, <laughs> try to get some help from from them. Good stuff. So, what are the the pressing issues in the tent right now? Well, affordable housing, opiate situation, and then overall, I'm hearing a lot of people concerned about education, mm-hmm. um, and that's a top priority for me. Funding K through all the way through college. Really believe in the uh, apprenticeship programs, plumbers and Pipe fitters, they got a, a apprenticeship program that they come out after they get trained up, they get make seventy two thousand dollars a year. They said so. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. So ed- education is a big thing. Um, transportation, I think transportation. We need to work on a lot of transportation issues. When I was on the Mount Vernon City Council, we'd get a the DOT would come in like every six months and give us a report. And in Mount Vernon, right under I-5, there's a there's a problem getting on the freeway from College Way going across the, the bridge. And there's accidents there all the time. Mm-hmm. And so this is like 15 years ago. It was on the list, but unfunded. 
and it, so uh, evidently it's still unfunded. So those are things I'd like to work on it, and I believe that they would also provide family wage jobs, and uh, I, th I think investing. You know, I think that from a democratic point of view, we we see it as investing. I know that the other side calls it spending, but I think investing is a better word because we get the returns and we see the returns on it. And so I, I think overall, um, investing in transportation, public safety is a big thing for me, being a firefighter, mm. EMT, public health, in, including common sense gun measures. Okay. So <clears throat> I want to I wanna stop you there because uh, there's two things that I want to make sure that the listeners know about you. Okay. One of those you indicated was that you were a Mount Vernon City Council person. Can you, like, what time period were you that? And, okay. like, what was your... It was uh, 2003 to 2011. Did two terms. As you know, city council members are officially all... It's, it's officially nonpartisan. However, everybody knew I was a Democrat. And <laughs> I knew they were Republican. And uh, I had a... Republican mayor, so it was really challenging to, I thought I had a lot of great ideas coming in, and, and some of them are coming forth now, mm. uh, I see. Um, it's like uh, manning fire trucks, they, they used to have two firefighters on an engine, which is... Inefficient. It's, yeah, it's totally, it, because, you know, state and federal laws, they call it two in, two out, you have to have two people on the outside if you got two people on the inside. If you got only two people showing up at the scene, they can't do anything. Right. And so, um, but I believe now they've gone to the, the three. That's something I fought for the whole time. And the, and they're, I just read Sunday, in the Sunday paper, that they're going to do, uh, build a new fire station, mm. which was downtown, which is something I was concerned about because the old one had no seismic upgrades. Uh. And so if the firefighters can't get out, to you know, if in an earthquake, it's gonna it's gonna crumble. That building is very old. So I was glad to see that I was pushing for that back then. But now they are gonna build a new fire station that can withstand an earthquake. And so, um, so you definitely had some like, I mean, you have some foresight. It's a yeah. Good <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was chair of Parks and Rec. While I was on, and, and uh, I enjoyed that. Um, a couple of accomplishments that I got done as in that time was the city had a uh, an empty uh, piece of property that was going to be a future fire station, but uh, it turns out it, it's going to be elsewhere. So they had the property. The Kiwanis Club had some money. That they wanted, they had the money to invest in the uh, equipment for a playground. It's actually a splash park, and so I was a member. Uh, I still am a member of the Mount Vernon Qantas Club. Got them together, and so the city provided the land, and the Qantas Club provided the funds. And there's a very nice splash park, very popular splash park, on 18th Street in uh, Mount Vernon. It's called Qantas uh, Park. And uh, there's also um, uh, a baseball field uh, adjacent to it. And then behind it, there were some uh, wetlands that got preserved and, and in the process that there's a, 
uh, like a, a boardwalk over the wetlands. Oh, wow. That you can trails back there. So um, that was something I was pretty proud of. And then that's great. They were get the uh, flood wall when in the early stages of that. You know, they, they were just talking about a flood wall mm-hmm. to protect Mount Vernon, which makes sense. So I brought up the idea, why not have a, a river walk and a place for a nice place for people to walk and, and um, recreate down on the river. And so that's that's what it was done. We, we got the we got a real nice river walk there now. So I just want because uh, because I'm. You know, I don't know everything about everything. So when you, they it would started out as an initiative to build a flood wall, and you proposed having a river walk. So did did the river walk construction create the um, the needed infrastructure to avoid flooding? Or? Yeah, okay. it, it does both. So okay. it does it. Okay. So it, it it does both now. Got and it. so uh, instead of just being a flood wall, it's a river walk. And oh, because it kind of expands the the. River yeah, and it meets the, the I guess it's like the FEMA requirements so that it um, it took downtown out of the, the flood zone. So it oh. saved a lot of people and businesses downtown uh, money, uh, insurance money, mm-hmm. because it got taken out of the, the flood zone after it was built. Great. And then uh, a neighbor of mine came to me and said, Okay, the uh, police chief, he's moving back to uh, North Carolina, retired, and he said, "There's, it's a beautiful piece of property, acreage. it would be good to have a South End Park down, and uh, so I, I checked into it, got with the parks director, and uh, initially there was, the obstacle was they were asking too much, and so uh, I kind of facilitated, so, you know, if we guarantee it to you that it's going to be a park, you know, would you lower the price so we can purchase it? And that was a big thing for him, and he was happy with that. And then the only other thing he, he wanted was that it be named after his wife, his late wife. And uh, so I think we could do that. And so it's called Bonnie Ray Park. Mm. And uh, so uh, that's another thing I was, was happy to do. And so you can collaborate, too. Collaborate yeah. to make things happen. Yeah. That's great. And so that was... And then I uh, enjoyed being on the Community Action Agency Board. Um, I think it's called Community Action of Skagit County now. But it does a lot of good things for people in need. And uh, I served on different boards. I served on the Skagit Transit Authority Board, Skagit Law and Justice Committee, uh, Skagit Council of Governments. All those were, you know, important things. Although I enjoyed the, the Community Action one. The, the best. I, I, I really enjoyed that one. Okay, that's good. Um, so you've done, it sounds like you've done a lot in your tenure as a councilman, which is great. Um, one of the other positions that you held was, was it fire authority or fire uh, I'm a firefighter EMT uh, currently uh, for the Boeing company. Okay. And uh, so. Uh, You're a firefighter EMT for Boeing. Yeah. Okay. So it's, because they have their own fire district and stuff. They have the yeah we have the yeah Boeing has their own fire department um, for uh, structural. They have you know crash trucks, of course, for the airplanes, and then um, we got ambulances, and then we got you know, do special operations like uh, 
device based rescue and stuff like that. Good. That's good. So it sounds like you have plenty of experience in public life um, and as a community servant or a you know elected official. So that's great. Um, that's great. So what is something that um, you want to make sure that uh, your constituents and people who are voting for you or deciding to vote knows about you? That we haven't covered. It's a covered bit. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I stand up for what I believe, what I think is right. Um, we One another thing I did while I was on the city council, um, for those of you that might be um, familiar with uh, Glenn Beck, uh, he happens to be from Mount Vernon and Did the mayor. Huh? The Glenn Beck? The Glenn yeah. Beck. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so the mayor, the mayor was very fond of him and, and wanted to give him the keys to the city. And uh, of course, I wasn't very happy about that. Um, and protested, and, and so anyway, we ended up uh, ended up talking to city attorney. He said you can't stop it because he's got executive power. But so what I did was uh, drop a resolution, and I got it passed by the whole council to say that city council has nothing to do with that um, and set, separated from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, um, what was your reasoning for that? I didn't want the the city council to have anything to do with that, you know that uh, um, that that image of you know of Glenn Beck. I wasn't happy that he was coming and getting the keys to the city. Uh, so I guess that was the best I could do was um, pass a resolution and uh, a drop resolution, and then get it p- passed by the full council. And I. You know, and then I, I spoke at length you know, about it then I, on um, during the council meeting to uh, ensure that everybody knew you know my uh, opposition to that. So then the mayor turned around and asked me if I wanted front row seats to the <laughs> event. <laughs> event. Uh-huh. Uh, the, so um, obviously, <laughs> I. Uh, Obviously, I said no, but uh, there was two council members that did. And uh, the next year, uh, they were up for re-election, and neither one of them got re-elected. Ooh, so, good call. <laughs> uh, Do you think it was, like, was it because of Glenn Beck? Or, I mean, if, for those of you who don't know, Glenn Beck is a commentator, or was a commentator for Fox. I'm sure he has his own radio show yeah. now. Um, very conservative, um, uh, kind of a rowler of, I mean, he was, he was like the, in the Tea Party, you know, he was, that's where he kind of rose to fame was when the Tea Party came about and, you know, everybody was listening to him. So, um, what, so, because I feel like there's a deeper issue there and I want to, and I want to get to it. Um, and a lot of it has to do with like the partisanship that we find ourselves in today. Yeah, I, I think he was very divisive. I mean, I to know more about him. I mean, I back then I listened to him, and to and to be honest, I haven't in recent years. People tell me that he's toned down a bit, but 
back then. I know he was uh, pretty um, divisive. Um, instead of he definitely was not a, a uniter. He was a divider uh, type, just like our current president, mm. and uh, not the type of person that I would be proud to say that he's from Mount Vernon. Right. So. So, so what do you think about the divisiveness of politics today? Well, I think it's, I, th- I think it's going to be there for, for a while. Um, unfortunately, especially with our current president, my thoughts were when President Obama got elected, I, maybe it was kind of wishful thinking on my part, but I kind of thought a lot of this stuff was behind us. Mm, hope, hope looks good on the surface. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it seemed like we took such a big step forward with him, and then now we've taken it. It's a, it's all been taken back and and back even farther, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very disappointing to me. I mean, I on election night, I was uh, when he got elected. I I was actually physically sick for a couple of days. I didn't mm-hmm. go to work. I called him sick, and I and I thought, oh, we're doomed. And, yeah. But then I thought, yeah. <laughs> a lot of us were. <laughs> You know, then then I started thinking, well, maybe there's something I can do about it uh, here at the, the state level. And then I, I saw the young people standing up for their beliefs when it comes to the gun thing, and, I, and that kind of inspired me to run. And, and you know, listening to, to those young people that were after that incident in Florida, listening to them talk, I mean, they just really surprised me. It made a lot of sense. It made a lot more sense than, than adults. Um, and so I'm hopeful that when the, then they come up, that things are going to get better. So that's uh, that's my hope. I'm very optimistic, you know, hearing the young people today. So I think when when those people get up to elected positions, I think that we're gonna we're gonna be okay. Is that your um, foresight that you will be supporting them in their initiatives when they when they get yes. to the right age? Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely. I mean, even now, if there was you know a young person that was running in the tenth, I would have been behind them and doorbelling for them and Democrats up in Island County they said well you know this is the year of the year of the woman and you're running against a woman and you know they said why did you pick you know to go against her and I, I said well if there was a Democratic woman running I wouldn't have ran and I would have supported her and I would and you know the, the women deserve more than a more than a year so I, I would have been right behind her you know if, but there wasn't and so I, I feel like I'm better on women's issues than my opponent. Dang, yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's that is that's interesting. That is very interesting. Something I'm wondering is, you're running in a what you described as like was red, now purple district. How do you plan on like appealing to the wide variety of voters? Well, I I just do it by by talking to as many as I can, just doorbelling and talking to them and. That's for me. It's just it's doorbelling. I that's how I got elected to the Mount Vernon City Council. I think I actually doorbelled like ninety percent of the city, and uh, I had people telling me, you know, you're not going to win, you're not going to win. And the first time, and uh, to beat the incumbent there, and uh, I I won by just doorbelling and talking to as many people in the city as I could. And then my second term, the developers and, and uh, put up a Republican against me. Uh, he's a state committeeman. He had, they had a lot of money for a city council race. Everybody said, oh, yeah, you're going to be a tough time going against him. And uh, and he had full-page ads in the uh, Skagit Valley Herald. Full, uh, and 
mine were like three by three in the paper. And, uh, but I, I still believe I won by just talking to as many people as I could every day and listening to their concerns and telling them what I would like to do. So I do it because I don't have, I mean, there's not a, you know, just not having the, the money that my opponent has to get the, the word out there. I have to just doorbell and talk, listen to people. And Rod, is it yeah. like your first campaign, right? Basically, yeah. Okay. Yeah, How's that going? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it has been a serious learning experience for me. Um, He's doing a good job, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I guess what I can say is I've never really been in sort of an organizational ca uh, capacity like this, and I've never... The most I've done for campaign work is I, I volunteered uh, for another candidate back in the primary, and then back in 2004, I uh, phone banked for John Kerry. That's the whole of my political experience. Um, so, oh man. <laughs> I mean, frankly, I kind of don't have time... To really think about what it is, what it's like to be in this position, you know, I'm just too busy managing the campaign. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Do I have all my e emails up to date? Uh... <laughs> yeah, you don't have the hindsight yet. Exactly. It's not over yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to me. Talk to me next month. We'll see. <laughs> so yeah. the first campaign I worked on was for Brian Sullivan. And that was because like I really believed in him and he inspired me. Mm -hmm. What about Scott? Maybe you want to be a campaign manager for him. Uh, well, I mean, to be clear, at the start, the fact is, I'm I'm seeing what's going on in our country too, and like, there just came to be a part of me that said, I I can't sit and watch this. It's it it it's going to just make me. I, I'm just going to rot away from the inside if I don't take some sort of action. Um, so I just did generally want to get into democratic politics. What signed me on with Scott was, first of all, I just by chance happened to knew, happened to know someone working for the, for Scott, but uh, also Scott's just, he's a very genuine person. Like with him, there's not really, there's not really any spin or there's nothing bad faith about him. He's just Scott just wants to run, to make the state a better place as best he can, and as far as I can tell, I mean. Like, we talked about the Riverwalk, uh, and I actually did kind of want to jump in to say this, but I've been, honestly been bragging about that whenever I've had people from out of state coming, you know, to visit me. I've been bragging about that uh, for f a few years now. I never even knew Scott was involved until I started working for him on the campaign. Like, yeah, like, I, I, I'm, I, I grew up in Mount Vernon, so I, I know what it's like there. Before there was any even talk of a flood wall, um, it was essentially just a parking lot and a parking lot that no one really parked in because it, was, it wasn't visually pleasing, even though it was right on the river. Like, yeah, there was space, but why? Mm. You know? Uh, so when they totally redid it and replaced just this parking lot with the river walk which to be clear still has parking it just also has a wonderful space to walk in to sit down in mm -hmm. um it's pleasant to look at there's a nice sculpture and a sort of a nice little foot only plaza 
to hang out in. Um, all the businesses along there are doing so much better. Um, you see people walking there. I mean, we were doing a photo shoot out there the other day. And, I mean, there were people walking by uh, just in the photo shoot, just going about their day. That's something you wouldn't have seen before this was put in. Like, um, Scott did a pretty good job then. I would, I would have to say he did. <laughs> yeah, like, like I might have signed on because I'm just looking to make as much of a difference as possible. But the fact is, as I've worked with Scott, I've come to learn that he's, he's a guy we want to have in office. I think that's that's important, and that's and you're you're young dem age, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just turned thirty this year. Oh, perfect. So, and you know, our friends up north in Skagit would definitely. If you're not a member yet, I'm sure would love to have yeah. you as a part of there. Yeah, I. The only reason I I'm not a member is until recently I was living way way out in the middle of basically nowhere. How do you feel about sixteen thirty one? I'm definitely for uh, carbon tax. I'm for I'm for sixteen thirty one. It's just uh, there's some things that I would want to make sure um, if I had the opportunity to make sure that we you know protect the workers that could be losing their jobs and uh, like to see transition money, money for transportation. And uh, but uh, yeah, I am in for for sixteen thirty one. I've heard a lot of feedback personally. Um, about 1631, um, that it's a step in the right direction, that it, I mean, its intentions are good and well. What would you change about it if you could? Well, just those, those things I just mentioned, I, I, I would change, make sure that there's enough transporta- transportation money in it and make sure that there's enough money for transitioning people to green jobs and make sure that people aren't going from a big paycheck to a small paycheck. And I, I don't think it has to be that way. I think we can make sure that they get uh, people that lose their jobs can get equal paying jobs in green energy. Is there anything uh, either you, Rod, or you, Scott, want to mention before we're we're done? Well, I don't know if the the listeners would like to know some of the, you know, my opponent. I've I've run against this difficulty where everybody says my opponent is so nice. Actually, I agree. She's got a nice personality. However, I would submit to you that her voting record is not so nice. It's not so nice for the environment when she voted against reducing greenhouse gases. Not so nice for our children when she voted to reduce education funding and programs. Mm. Not so nice for our women when she voted against requiring insurers to provide contraceptives. Mm. Not so nice for struggling families when she voted against paid sick leave. Not so nice for our democracy when she voted against automatic voter registration. Another thing, you know, she voted against the ban on uh, conversion therapy. Mm. She happened to miss the vote on bump stock. So those are some issues that that I would would have voted very different than she did. And just to give a distinction here, because, you know, a lot of us in the outside of politics want to see good campaigns, you know, ones that aren't, you know, combative against, you know, where there's, you know, mudslinging or whatever they call it, right? And I think what you're bringing to light is is the truth, is, is you know, in her voting record is what she's done as a representative and has, um, you know, let people down in some areas. So I, so I would yeah. like to make yeah. sure people don't see it that way. Right, right. And, and there hasn't been any, it, as a matter of fact, I mean, 
I didn't even say these things until the last forum, which was Oak Harbor, like a week ago. So where I'm, and and I don't think it's that, um, you know, combative or anything, just letting people know, you know, how she voted and I would have voted differently, Agreed. you know, on that. So um, I'm sure those differences from here on out, I, I, I'm going to be, be saying this, though. Still enough time to get that word out there. All right. Well, um, thank you so much, Scott. We appreciate you coming and being here for the Snowco Young Dems podcast. My name is Lewis. I'm the chair of Snohomish County Young Democrats. Kevin, co-chair. Thank you for the opportunity. I uh, enjoyed uh, talking here today. And uh, uh, thank you very much to Young Democrats for uh, endorsing me. And uh, would uh, appreciate help getting out there and uh, um, doing some doorbelling. I, if we can get that, that would be outstanding. And uh, again, thank you. Yeah. Um, this is Rod Powell, Scott's campaign manager. Thanks for having me on. And I'd like to emphasize we're at crunch time here. Anyone who can help out, it would be wonderful. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about Scott, you can find him on Facebook at Scott McMullen 2018 or on his website at scottmcmullen.org. Please let us know if you like the new content and remember to vote by November 6th.